This is the Brian Kelly Press Conference, presented by Our Lady of the Lake. Going into the year two, we understand a lot of those things necessary to be competitive and win games. Now it's how do you do it week in and week out. As the Tigers take on Auburn inside Tiger Stadium. Touchdown, Mighty Tigers! Coach Kelly is coming up, but first, from inside the Capital One studio on the campus of LSU, here are your hosts, former Tiger, Gordy Rush, and the voice of your fighting Tigers, Chris Blair. Once again, good Monday morning. Welcome into the Brian Kelly Press Conference, presented by Our Lady of the Lake. Tigers getting ready. Return home for the first time in two weeks. Uh, great battle, great rivalry. LSU and Auburn will get together. Coming up this Saturday night in Death Valley and coming up at 12 noon today, as always, we'll send you to the Lawton Room for the live opening statement and um, question and answer session with Coach Brian Kelly as LSU comes back from Columbia, Missouri with a win, 49-39. to Gordy Rush, they take these two weeks. They split with a loss at Ole Miss, a win at Missouri. Your overall thoughts in, uh, in what turned out to be for the third straight week in, in an offensive shootout. I guess the biggest difference for me is that, you know, there were plays needed to be made defensively, and LSU was able to do so on top of the fact uh, that if you win the turnover battle 2-0, to zero, you always have a chance to win. And, and to me, that's what LSU's defense has to build on, and LSU's offense just keeps on clicking. Yeah, look, a lot of the same for me. I, I, I thought in the second half, defensively, a couple things happened. I, I thought the defensive front played better. And uh, there was a lot made of Pete Jenkins coming back to help with this defensive uh, defensive unit that hadn't had a defensive line coach really intact than before spring football. And, and so I, I thought they played the run much better against Missouri. I thought there were a couple times they were able to affect the pass in the pass game, and whether it was a batted ball from Mason Smith or Swinson had that nice uh, play on the third down to swat the football late in the game, and, and then. As Coach Kelly told us at halftime, they went away from playing man-to-man, which was a little bit of a mismatch, to playing more zone. And the addition of Sage Ryan, a cornerback, and his physicality, I thought there was some things to grow on. It's certainly not the standard. It is LSU defense, but it was a step in the right direction in the second half. Well, we want to start today's show after a brief little recap of what we saw on Saturday, talking about Jaden Daniels, because uh, it was announced just moments ago Third time this year, Jaden is the SEC Offensive Player of the Week, and and he's just putting together a phenomenal campaign here in 2023, Gordy. You look at his numbers, um, total offense, over 2,391 yards, approaching 2,400 yards. We've played, uh, again, six games this season. Um, and I, I know that, that people talk about who's in the, in the run for the Heisman Trophy, and you know, I've said it before, and I mentioned it again on Saturday on the radio broadcast that, you know, unfortunately, uh, your team's wins and losses sometimes creates that hype and talk for a Heisman candidate. But sheer numbers and just with the eye test, watching this young right. man play, uh, he's, I don't, I don't know about everybody else, and I don't have a vote, but he's in my Heisman conversation. He's in my Heisman conversation as well. I think it was number three on most Vegas boards going into the season, and I would get asked the question, you think Jade has a realistic chance at the Heisman? And I said no, because in the SEC, statistically, it's hard to put up the numbers that you see USC put up, the, the numbers that you saw Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield put up at Oklahoma, and, and you get some of these conferences where 
um, you know, you have the shootouts that we're now seeing. I don't think anyone expected to to LSU to be in the high scoring affairs they've been the, the last couple of weeks, but he certainly does. Not only from uh, statistically, but but I, I think just what he's meant to this football team. So absolutely, he's in the Heisman conversation. I thought it was interesting because you know he talked here in a media session. Uh, about he felt like as good as LSU played offensively and efficiently against Arkansas and against Ole Miss, he still felt like this is a team that should be putting 50 points up on the board. Now, they got some help from the defense, right. uh, but again, they're getting closer to that. It's interesting because when you look at the game on Saturday, we were kind of surprised as the game went along. Again, LSU got down early by as much as 22-7. to seven. But Patrick Wright kept telling me, and he was keeping track of the number of plays offensively LSU was running, and run to pass. And, mm-hmm. and if you think back to the Arkansas game and the Ole Miss game, while there was success running the football, LSU decided to really run the ball. And a lot of that had to do with the way Missouri was was set up defensively. But you had two 100-yard performances. Again, uh, Logan Diggs led the way. I think he's now RB1 for LSU um, as he puts together his third back-to-back-to-back 100-yard performance. And then Jaden Daniels, I think, with 130 yards rushing, including a big 35-yard rushing touchdown. Uh, it was interesting to see that LSU said, hey, if they're going to give us the run, we're going to get it. And credit to the offensive line, Logan Diggs and Jaden Daniels, they were able to run the ball effectively against Mizzou. Yeah, Chris, the offensive line's been fantastic. Logan Diggs has been fantastic as well. I think the difference in this year from last year is this is year two of Daniels being in the same offense with Mike Denbrock and they are on the same page in recognition wise they're able to go up to the line of scrimmage and Jaden knows what uh, knows what the defense is doing and if they're going to back up and play man-to-man or they're going to have to cover this outstanding receiving core and they're going to have limited numbers in the box or what we call the right numbers in the box, then they'll go ahead and take the run. And the times that they go back and really cover situations like that third and three from the 35-yard line, and they want to back up and play man-to-man, and you go empty, LSU goes empty, and he runs for 35 yards, he's able to recognize what they're doing and put LSU in the right position. I think that's what they're doing so well. They're seeing the field, Jaden's seeing the field, and he's taking what the defense has given him. All right, again, let's go back to uh, the defense a little bit. Uh, Missouri comes out. It was a, a sold-out for O'Field. Uh, the energy was there. It was cool on Saturday morning, but you made uh, mention prior to kickoff, it had warmed up. Sun was out, right. and it really felt great out there. So the crowd was into it, and, and Missouri, first three possess- uh, possessions right down the field, and they're on the board. They went for two in their first touchdown, so suddenly it's 22-7. to seven. And I remember thinking, and I think we even touched on it on the air, that you know we just need a stop. We need a stop mm-hmm. to try to get our feet underneath us. And lo and behold, I think one of the biggest plays of the game came early in the game, and that was after they had just ran down the field in three straight possessions and led 22-7. to Harold Perkins Jr. comes up with that interception. And now it wouldn't be as if LSU shut down Missouri after that, but it was that one stumble from right. Missouri's offense that I think was huge for LSU in that game. No, no doubt. I, look, I, I thought Harold Perkins played a, a really nice game at, at back at the nickel position, 
and back in coverage. And that's, we hadn't seen a whole lot of Harold Perkins Jr. in coverage last week against Ole Miss. They put him as one of the defensive ends, Jack linebacker, and he was up on the line of scrimmage as one of the front four. This week they changed it up a little bit, and I, I thought he did a really nice job. As well as LSU's offense is playing, this defense just needs to continue to improve and make a couple stops, make a couple plays, as you mentioned. And that was a huge spot in the game. It was 22-10 late in the second quarter. LSU was able to, to go ahead and drive and make it a 22-17 football game and go into the locker room eight points down 25-17, just a one-score game. Yeah, we make it uh, towards the end of the game, and it, you know, again, every play adds up. And, and coaches tell you that all the time, that what happens in the first quarter impacts the, the final decision. But every play was magnified in the final nine minutes, if not the entire fourth quarter. Because, again, we all kind of felt like, mm-hmm. is it going to come down to who has the football last? Um, you know, LSU, again, to their, their credit, offensively, just, just kept coming back. And, and it's almost as if, and I think Coach Kelly mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, that, 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 that there's a lot of pressure for them to have to be perfect right. and to make plays. And, and to Jaden and the offense credit, they were able to do so. Um, you got a slim lead. Missouri, again, had had a lot of success moving not only up and down the field, but moving quickly uh, with some big plays for Luther Burton. You knew he was a threat. Theo Weiss was a threat. Um, you get another interception, and, and Major Burns, he grabs it around the 16, 17-yard line, and you just knew then when he made the grab, he, he was going to try to get to the end zone. I know Coach Kelly, after the game, said, hey, you know, maybe run down to the two or one and then go down based on uh, where we were in that game and how much time was remaining. Um, but, but again, you get the 10-point win, and, and, and maybe looking back on it, that's a confidence builder that maybe not had, had been the right move or the right play, right? but maybe it helps this defense feel a little, little better about themselves going into this week and beyond. That's right. A couple steps forward, right? There, there's still a lot to improve defensively for LSU, but I think that also goes Burns' interception and Perkins' interception goes hand-in-hand hand with Mason Smith getting, getting a sack and then a, a batted ball and Swinson being able to, to push that fumble that was ultimately re- recovered by Missouri everybody's starting to, to get a little bit of success, and you want that to snowball. So, uh, again, I, I thought the front seven, they were, they were much improved. They were better against the run, and I know statistically it was a shootout, but I, I thought, you know, it, especially in the first half, I thought they played the run really well, and, and that's key. I, I mean, that's key, especially going into the next two weeks. We're going to talk about Auburn and Army after the timeout, but uh, in terms of passing football teams, you look at the rest of the schedule – Ole Miss and Missouri were, were two of the better passing teams. Uh, you don't have the dynamic passing games left the rest of the way. Again, a shout-out, as you said, to, to Harold Perkins as well as Major Burns, but, but also Mason Smith, who I think had his best game uh, you know, up front for LSU, and, and Braden Swenson continues to impress. Uh, by the way, we mentioned Jaden Daniels, third-time SEC Offensive Player of the Week. How about a shout-out? We mentioned the running game, the ability to run, and that offensive line. Emory Jones, Jr., Mm-hmm. SEC lineman, offensive lineman of the week. So kudos to him. It was nasty down there. Let me tell you, Missouri, give Missouri all the credit in the world. Um, and that was my first trip uh, up to Missouri to, to play a football game in that stadium. It was a little different, um, but they, 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 they were not used to the open end zone with the, the M down there. And it was, it was a little bit different feel, but, but yet, um, and I think maybe because it was unfamiliar and, um, uh, but, but look, I, I thought that, uh, Missouri came out. They had a lot of fire. It was chippy down there. 
and LSU started responding, and Emory Jones started getting physical, started pushing people around, and, and he's played really well. That offensive line has played well. Again, LSU gets the win. Much needed win. 49-39 to 39 is the final. LSU moves to 4-2 and two and 3-1 and one in SEC play. They'll take on Auburn coming in, who had the off week after starting out 0-2 in league action. We'll find out what Gordy knows about the War Eagles, who come into Tiger Stadium this weekend. And then coming up oh, in about eight or nine minutes, We'll send it to the Lawton Room, and Coach Brian Kelly will tell us his thoughts on the upcoming week. It's the Brian Kelly Press Conference presented by Our Lady of the Lake. Coach Kelly is just moments away from previewing the week for the Fighting Tigers. This is the Brian Kelly Press Conference presented by Our Lady of the Lake. Once again, here are Gordy and Chris. Great to have you with us on this Monday. Still Monday morning, but coming up. At 12 noon, Coach Brian Kelly will address the uh, media assembled at the Lawton Room uh, adjacent to legendary Tiger Stadium, uh, the location where on Saturday at 6 o'clock it will be LSU and Auburn. And, and Gordy, Auburn with the week off, probably uh, much needed uh, after their first five games. They they go into the off week uh, a little banged up. They're 3-2 and two overall, 0-2 oh in conference play, uh, took Georgia to the wire, came up short 27-20 to 20 at home last time out. Um, I, I, I don't know if you could say Hugh Freeze took over in a situation worse than Coach Kelly did uh, as far as a rebuilding uh, job that was uh, ahead of him. But suffice to say, there was a lot of work uh, when Coach Freeze uh, arrived on the Plains. And, and it's just one of those teams that, yeah, they're 3-2, they're 0-2 three in the league and against Power 5. They're only averaging a little over 14 points per game. We have seen them struggle offensively. But with Hugh Freeze there, you, you just hope this isn't the week where, again, lightning strikes, they put it all together, and he's able to scheme up a game against LSU. Yeah, they, they certainly, I think, take or they took a lot of confidence or taken a lot of confidence away from their performance against Georgia. Uh, I mean, they led in that football game, and, and to play Georgia down to 27-20 was an impressive performance. Certainly, they fed off that home crowd. As Jern Hare is one of the, the best places to play in this conference. But I think you said it offensively. Uh, they've been struggling to to get that going. Um, they have run the ball fairly well. It ran the ball for over 200 yards against Georgia. Um, they they ran for a little 130, I believe, against Texas A&M. It's been the passing game. Uh, Peyton Thorne came down from Michigan State as a transfer quarterback in his two years up in Michigan State, over 6,000 yards and 46 touchdowns. To, to put into perspective, the three Division One games, well, the three Power Five games they played, so Cal, A&M, and Georgia, he had 44 yards passing against Texas A&M, 82 against Georgia and Cal, uh, only 92 yards in that game. So this is a different sort of attack than what LSU's been facing. And I think for the secondary, you, 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 at first glimpse, you're like, good, this is not a power passing team. It's a, uh, you, They're not going to get pressed as much. But on the flip side, we know that Hugh Freeze is a spread-the-run guy. They've run the ball really well. And they're going to test LSU's run fits, especially out there on the perimeter. And, and so this is going to be one of those games. Hugh Freeze shows you a lot of eye candy. You're going to have to be disciplined and, and play your position and, and take care of run support. Yeah, I mean, you can just look at their stat line and realize this is a team that is trying to run the football. And they're trying to do it with a number of personnel, not only Peyton Thorne, but Robbie Ashford, who LSU yes. saw last year, again, uh, a converted quarterback, so to speak, and it's almost a given when he comes out there that they're looking to run the football. Uh, but they did have returning Jarquez Hunter, who's a talented back, uh, Brian Batty, who transferred in. 
So there's going to be a, a pretty steady rotation of guys running at LSU. No, and I, I think he's going to see the film and, and some of the, the issues that LSU had against Ole Miss, and both quarterbacks are mobile, and, and Thorne is their actual second leading rusher with 275 yards on the ground. Um, and then Ashford is more of a, a red zone specialist. They get that down there. He's basically a wildcat quarterback. They're going to put him in the game. He has five rushing touchdowns on the season. So uh, they, they can give you fits in, in, in the run game. And, and hopefully um, LSU improved against the run against Missouri. And I know that the, the quarterback, uh, Cook, was not really a mobile quarterback. But uh, LSU is going to have to, to really bring their best run defense to Tiger Stadium Saturday night. You know, the other thing with you free getting hired you talk offense automatically but Auburn's bread and butter and has been for decades is their defense and again they held Georgia which I know there's this misnomer around the country that Georgia's offense is not what it was a year ago and statistically it may not be but they are near the top in offensive categories in the SEC they held them to 27 points defensively what have you seen? Yeah, defensively, Ron Roberts has really done a nice job. Ron Roberts, a former Southeastern Louisiana coach. I think it was at Delta State before that. He was a D.C. Uh, with Dave Aranda up at Baylor. He was one of the first hires that Hugh Freeze made. He's really done a nice job defensively. Um, they they it's, it's a lot of new faces over there, but they have kept them in ball games when the offense is sputtered. I, I thought they did a nice job uh, against Georgia, and so they're they're going to get the, their biggest test, though. Make no doubt about it. They haven't faced an offense like LSU, and I was listening to some of the the reports last night from the from, from their open week and back to back weeks. They get LSU and then Ole Miss next week, so I think we'll learn a lot about this Auburn defense in the next two weeks. Really quickly, Coach uh, Kelly about to take to the podium, Gordy. Um, the, the, the five of your last six are here at home. Yes. Uh, you got a couple of non-conference games coming up. Uh, but on paper, this looks like the game LSU needs at this point of the year. No doubt about it. I mean, LSU should, I, I think it's open as a double-digit favorite. If, if LSU can take care of business here, the same probably next week against our Army. And, and then you get to the open date and a trip to Tuscaloosa where you could basically control your own destiny at that point. And I think that was the goal all along, to, to get to Alabama, to get to that first weekend in November and be able to control your own destiny. Again, LSU and Auburn, 6 o'clock Saturday night in Death Valley. Coming up, we'll head to the Lawton Room. Coach Kelly will take to the podium in just a few moments. And, in fact, uh, just, uh, well, about right now, they'll be announcing the uh, start times for next weekend. Uh, of course, LSU will be out of conference uh, against uh, Army, but they will be here at Tiger Stadium. So that should be coming out in just a few moments. Not sure if Coach Kelly will be notified uh, before he takes to the podium there. But, uh, you know, social media, they always take care of it. They get Absolutely. that news out quickly. Uh, they'll get it out. They, and, I mean, they SEC office, office always drops us at 12 o'clock as you and I are going straight to our phone as soon as we <laughs> hand this thing off to Coach <laughs> Kelly to see if it's going to be a late night or an early night for us. Well, again, just keep your uh, finger on the trigger there because uh, Coach Kelly's still yet to take to the podium. So we may be able to give a uh, update here. Let's see. Yep, it's out. It will be a 6.30 start. Yes, sir. Another Saturday night in Death Valley is LSU and the uh, West Point Army Black Knights get together on the gridiron. Again, it'll be 6 o'clock this week and just announced 6.30 coming up a week from this Saturday for LSU and Army. And uh, anything else that... No, I mean, it's good to hear the injury report, and, and we'll get caught yeah. up. I, I mean, for the most part, I thought LSU was injury-free. We'll, we'll hear a little bit about Charles Turner, the center who left the game, and uh, LSU actually played two centers in Martinez 
uh, and and the youngster, oh, geez, seventy nine. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Got it. Got in the game. Big six six fella, and um, and so that that's key. You want to get your center back, but relatively speaking, LSU is not a whole lot of injuries this late in the season. All right, let's go to the Lawton room and Coach Brian Kelly. Things. Jaden Daniel was named the SEC Player of the Week again for the third time in four weeks. Um, you know, the offense is, is playing at an incredible um, high level, third in the nation in total offense, first in the nation in first down. So um, Mike Dembrock and the offensive staff uh, deserve a lot of credit. And the players, you know, they're playing at such a high level, starting with Daniels. The offensive line, um, you know, certainly uh, controlling the line of scrimmage against a very good Missouri defense coming in. Missouri is one of the top rushing defenses in the country. Uh, we had 274 yards rushing in the game. Um, so obviously that, um, you know, goes to, you know, f- first and foremost, we talked about, you know, winning the line of scrimmage. And I thought we, uh, we certainly did that. I thought in the fourth quarter, um, you know, our physicality showed. Uh, we were able to get a pass rush with four down uh, late in the game. Um, which is obviously very important. And then, um, you know, some superlatives, you know. Uh, Emory Jones was named the SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week. I thought he played outstanding, showed great poise uh, when there were some personal foul penalties out there. Um, you know, he, uh, he again, was, was outstanding, but, again, showed incredible poise, really proud of the way he handled himself, um, you know, during some of those interchanges. Um, Logan Diggs is number two in the SEC in rushing, so we're getting you know great balance with uh, Brian Thomas leading the country in receptions, touchdown receptions, and and neighbors number two in the nation in yards. So great balance offensively, um, defensively came up with a couple of key turnovers, a couple of interceptions, which I think uh, certainly um, you know bolstered bolstered that group, and um, you know had some really big performances. Um, you know, Mason Smith played very well. Uh, I think, you know, if you start with, you know, where we want to go, I think that's that's probably his best game since since I've coached him and um, only look for him to get better and better each week. Now we flip the script and, and, and um, welcome in Auburn. Um, Hugh Freeze is an outstanding football coach. This is well well-coached football team. He's taken the personnel and he's fit – you know, what they need to do with the personnel. And this is a team that's going to run the football, play physical, um, really well coached on defense. Um, you know, the offense is going to run around, um, you know, Peyton Thorne um, and, and Hunter, the running back. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, have, have shown that they can beat anybody. It was a 20-20 game late against Georgia. Uh, Georgia was able to uh, escape with a victory, um, scoring with about two and a half minutes left in the game. So a very dangerous football team, one where we'll have to play really well, but we're excited about being home. As you know, four out of the first six games um, on the road, which is very difficult in itself, but you know this will be our fifth consecutive SEC game as well. So guys are up for the challenge. It'll be a great one. It's great to be back home in Tiger Stadium, and we're looking forward to uh, – hosting Auburn this weekend. So with that, we'll open it up to uh, questions. Right up here. Um, kind of continuing that theme, can you speak to the challenges that you've faced so far, maybe that have been out of your control, whether that be scheduling, the style of offenses you've, you've played, and, and where you've played these games, and, and how it looks a little different on the back half of the schedule? 
Well, I mean, I think you start with, you know, three of the four games on the road against top 25 opponents. You know, so outstanding teams on the road, you know, Florida State, Mississippi, Missouri, all quality opponents. And certainly, you know, we wish we could have, you know, fared better in, in a couple of those games. But, um, you know, we're certainly, you know, playing at a high level uh, offensively and we need to continue to improve defensively. And that's you know, obviously we've given up too many points on the road, but I think our guys have done a great job in their preparation on the road. Um, clearly, you know, outside the Florida State game, uh, we had a great chance to win the Mississippi game. So I'm really proud of the way they've handled themselves on the road, but it's been a difficult schedule. And so um, we're seasoned, um, we're right in the hunt, and, you know, the season's in front of us. So with five out of the six you know, remaining at home, uh, we feel like we're in a good position. Let's go take care of business. It's just wondering if there's an update on Jaden's shoulder and just kind of what the week looks like for him in terms of preparing for this game with maybe a little bit of an injury. Yeah, he didn't have any shoulder issues. Um, yeah, that's okay. Um, I think, you know, I think our biggest concern was, you know, just overall soreness. You know, he, he got hit a number of times. Um, it was a physical game. Um, but, you know, he checked out well yesterday. He was in the film room this morning, uh, got his, his normal film study in around 5.30 this morning and uh, was with the trainers this morning. And uh, he'll be full go for practice on Tuesday. Coach, do you think over the last three quarters you may have found something defensively? If you did, what is that, and can you sustain it? Well, obviously that's the, the challenge. We, we feel there's some, um, there's some light there uh, at the end of the tunnel uh, for our defense. Uh, we feel like uh, the, the progress that was made up front um, uh, is going to be sustainable. Uh, we're going to have to make some more progress on the back end of our defense. We've got to go compete for some balls that we think that were out there for us to get. Um, I think we we are going to get better because of the experience that what Weeks is getting at the linebacker position. He's just getting more reps and more time out there. Um, and I think we found a, a, a position that we're comfortable with now with, with Harold Perkins in, in terms of you know, it doesn't have to change from week to week with a new teaching progression. So I think there's a lot of pieces there um, that are coming together. And then I think there needs to be continued improvement um, at the back end of our defense. And I think if we do that, uh, we feel like we're in the we're moving finally in the right direction. Uh, hey, Coach, um, you read off Jay, some of Jaden's stats there nationally, obviously among the best. But from your perspective as a head coach, can you shed some light on just how good he has played this year, what he's meant to this team, and uh, obviously not just with his arms and legs, but in really clutch moments when y'all needed it. Well, I think that that's probably it. Some of the things that you don't see is ripping some throws, you know, under duress. And I think that those are the big things that stand out to me is, you know, he hit a seam ball late in the game. Uh, even the touchdown to neighbors that he threw that was wide open, um, you know, we had uh, we had a freshman center in there, and um, you know they overloaded that that a gap, and there was pressure, and he had to move and slide, if you remember, um, and he was under duress, and he threw that on the move. That was that was uh, just the nuances that that you know a lot of people may not see. They, um, but I see those things, and his quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator see the little things that he's doing. 
um, under duress or under pressure or getting hit after he throws, you know, a very accurate ball that um, are starting to separate him from, from good to great. Brian, sort of building off of that, you know, it was the Auburn game last year when Jaden threw for 80 yards. What would you think has been maybe the thing that has allowed him to transform into this kind of quarterback over the last year? Is it sort of honing those little things? You know, I think I said this a little bit about our defense is that, you know, it's our job as coaches to present the information in terms of what they need to do, players, um, to progress. And, and then players need to fix it. We can't fix it, actually, on the field. They have to go fix it. And I think, you know, with Jaden, he fixed a lot of these things, you know. Um, you know, he was not progressing, you know, um, you know, through his reads. He was coming off them too soon. Um, he wasn't staying in the pocket. He wasn't being patient. Um, he was he was doing some of the things that get you 80 yards throwing it. And, and, and so he's fixed a lot of those things and has put him in a position now where, you know, he's one of the top, if not the top quarterback production-wise in the country. So um, I think we, we gave him a good plan. Uh, I think Joe Sloan's done a great job. Mike's done a great job of putting him in a really good position. And, and then I think he's gone out and he's made the adjustments and made the improvements. Coach over here, um, you mentioned the success of Jaden, success of Logan. I'm wondering what role has the offensive line played? Offensive line played in both of their, you know, successes immensely. I mean, I think we all know. You watch a game. If you don't have time to throw it, and if you don't have a, a running game that can give you balance, you, you really don't have much. And I think I've said this. You guys have heard this enough from me. Is that we want to be equally as efficient running the football as we are throwing the football. And if you want to play too deep and you want to play soft and you, you really want to try to keep the ball in front of you, you better be able to run the football. That was in a large degree what was happening on Saturday is that they were trying to keep from giving up the big play. And so it gave us some favorable looks in terms of running the football. And in particular, it gave us the opportunity to run uh, Daniels as well. So... Again, I, I think they're, they're a huge part of what we're doing, both in the run game and giving Jaden the opportunity to get the ball downfield. Hey Brian, this is kind of a layered question about center. Uh, maybe an update on Charles Turner, mm -hmm. uh, the decision to go to Chester when you did, how you felt he played after watching the film, and then what does that look like this week? Yeah, I think, you know, Char Charles right now is listed as probable. Um, and, you know, we had an MRI. We thought maybe he had a meniscus, but it turned out to be positive that he does not. Um, so, you know, we'll be careful with him. And, and we're, like I said, I think it's probable that he'll get a, a chance to play. You know, uh, Martinez has been really good for us. It just seemed like he was a little off snapping the ball. Um, as you know, we, we had a bad snap down in the red zone, and it, and it caused some um, mistiming opportunities for what we were trying to run. And, um, you know, Brad, Brad, really, Brad Davis, our offensive line coach, really is high on, on DJ and felt very comfortable in that situation to put him in the game. And when he did go in the game, um, he was good. I mean, he, he did a really nice job. So we feel like we've got another true freshman uh, that, that is going to be a really good football player for us. And that doesn't mean we, we're not happy with Martinez. We just felt like in that situation, um, you know, we could make that move because of the confidence that we had in DJ. Hey, Coach, how familiar are you personally with Hugh Freeze and what makes his offenses so effective? 
I know Hugh, um, you know, obviously, you know, in the past year, I've gotten to know him, you know, through the SEC meetings. You know, Hugh's a good football coach. I mean, he, you know, he, he fits the style of his offense to, to his personnel. Um, you know, I think if he had neighbors and he had Thomas, they'd be throwing the ball a lot. Um, you know, Peyton Thorne threw it a lot last year at Michigan State. Didn't run it much, but he's an outstanding athlete. So, uh, you know, they've, they've chosen to run it a little bit more this year. I just think he's a smart football coach that's going to utilize. It's really, like, from, for me, it's still about players over plays. And he's going to take the players that he has, and he's going to set his offensive structure uh, based upon his best players. Hey, Coach, uh, during camp, one big storyline was eight scholarship running backs, and now you've got one that's really emerged. Is that, is that what you wanted? Do you want one guy to kind of get the bulk of the carries, and what's the key to keeping the other guys engaged and ready to go? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I don't know that we had a, an exact formula in terms of how that was going to look. Um, Logan has just been you know, really physical, really reliable in all areas, catching the football, picking up protections, and, and getting us the tough yardage when we need it. Um, you know, as you know, we've, we've kept ourselves in some really good third-down situations, extremely manageable third-down situations. I think we lead the country in third-down conversions, uh, you know, 56%. A lot of that is tough yardage running, um, and, and Logan's just been really good at that. So... To answer your question, I, I don't know that we had an exact formula in terms of how it was going to look. And, no, you can't keep all of them happy. But they have roles. Uh, they want to be part of our football team. And we'll just have to see where it goes as the season progresses. Coach, uh, Ryan Yates got more extended uh, snaps uh, this weekend. Just what did you see from him and how he continues to develop? The next man in. You know, it's the next man up. Um, you know, we, we, we don't have a lot of options, but that doesn't take anything away from him. He's done a nice job for us, and we have some confidence in him. Um, we think that, that his next step is playing with a little bit more aggressiveness and, and confidence. He's a really good player. Uh, we want to have him let it go and, um, you know, play um, – maybe a little bit um, on the edge a little bit more. I mean, he, he doesn't want to make a mistake. And, you know, I told him, I said, it's okay, just go play. And, and, uh, but he's a young player, and, and he wants to be, you know, perfect. And um, it's, just, it's just it's nice to have a true freshman in there that is so conscious about all the little things. But I think he's just got to go play and, and let it happen. But he's, he's the next man up in, in the nickel situation for us. Hey, Coach, over here. Um, so some of the calls uh, near the goal line during the game, uh, as far as from the official standpoint, uh, I believe it was a false start uh, before the touchdown. And, uh, Do you want to get me plays. in trouble? Is that it? <laughs> I it's mean, just, just like, just what you, yeah, basically what, what right, are your thoughts right, on those, right. some of those calls? Um, you know, I've, we've sent in the, the ones that we have concerns over. Um, it just seems that you know, it's 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 hard for us to to see how those you know uh, are 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 missed. But maybe maybe the officials look at me and say, you know, how can you not you know stop outside zone? You know, so I mean, maybe they look at the same way. I, I don't know. You know, so maybe I got to put myself in their shoes. But 
you would think you could see a guy that's right in front of you moving, but I guess not. Uh, Brian, Malik is such a known commodity, but but he still finds ways to make plays for your team. I think in the past you've described him as having a good sense of space uh, or awareness of space. What is it that still enables him to be as special as he has been? Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good observation. You know, one of the unique qualities of both of our receivers, and I would I would put Kyron in that as well. Is, is their ability to make the first man miss. There are so many receivers that I've coached that they catch the ball and they're, they're tackled. Um, Malik, is, as well as BT and, and Kyron, they make you miss. And I think great vision, um, the ability to know when to get down, the ability to turn it upfield. Uh, the great players just have that sense and awareness of people around them. Um, I'd like to say it's coaching. It has nothing to do with coaching. It's just his innate ability uh, to sense and feel um, and, and make the kind of plays necessary to make him explosive. Uh, right here, Coach. Uh, one of your freshman safeties, Kylan Jackson, uh, what kind of progress have you seen from him? We just haven't um, talked or seen him much so far this year. He's tying his shoes. He's, he's got that down. Um, we, we've got him taking off his gold chain um, in pregame. That was good. He thought that that would be a good idea to wear that out in pregame, and we didn't think that would be a great idea. Um, so you can imagine by those two comments, uh, he's coming along, um, but um, it's, it's a process. He's a great kid. Um, we really enjoy him, but this is a process. Um, he's only been on a couple of trips. Um, so um, I would say that, you know, he's a guy that we want to keep moving forward, but he's young, and, and he is just figuring it out as, as we go. Um, but, I'd, you know, I'd like for him, you know, to continue to move forward, you know, with an attention to the little things that are important because he's got a lot of ability, his, he's, his upside. Now that he's healthy, as you know, he's been fighting, you know, a couple of surgeries, um, but He's got to keep growing. If he keeps growing and keeps moving in the right direction, you probably see him on the field by the end of the year. Brian, just an uh, injury report? Uh, yeah, so um, I would say that uh, doubtful is, is uh, Chris. Um, that high ankle is, is probably got him doubtful right now. And I think uh, probable is Omar. Uh, probable is Charles Turner. Um, um, Probable is Aaron Anderson. Um, those would be, I believe, the guys that, that were on the injury list that didn't dress last week. Is that correct? Is that it, Mike? I think that was everybody. Um, and then uh, you're talking about you know Harold Perkins' position in particular. Is that something that was just the change after the Florida State game to get him outside, or is there more things that y'all have been doing in terms of settling that over the last you know, couple of We weeks? were in three down, you know. So in our three down structure, you know, is we were moving him around because we didn't want him inside. So, you know, we had some, you know, different fronts that we were, you know, playing. Now that we're in four down, you know, we can really – you know, designate his position as the Sam slash nickel and, and play a little bit of a hybrid with him. Um, his interception, he was really playing, you know, uh, a nickel position. Um, we feel like he's athletic enough that he can be on the field, even if we want to play some nickel. When we get into dime, that's when we bring in Ryan Yates and play a little bit more of a dime package. So 
he just gives us a lot more flexibility. We can do a lot more things with him. Um, I just wish we got to it sooner, but we got to the right front. Now that we're in four down, it gives him a lot more stability in terms of what we want to teach and how we want the, the defense to move forward. Hey, Coach Ray here. Um, I know you said some of those flags you turned in because you, you guys didn't agree with it, but is there anything that you guys are doing in practice to kind of lower the amount of penalties per game, particularly like within the red zone? Uh, I'm trying to think in particular what you're referring to. I mean, you know, we've had a couple of, um, you know, false starts here and there. Uh, we've been on the road. Um, sometimes it's a matter of, you know, illegal snaps. Um, but, yeah, we play music. We play loud music. We try to, you know, uh, get the environment such to, to match that. Um, but I think, by and large, this was the most penalized we've been um, all season. You know, we've had, we had some interesting calls. Um, we turned in a call that was a holding call down in the red zone that we didn't believe came close to that. Um, you know, Will Campbell uh, was was going to the echo of the whistle. He wasn't aware that you could drive somebody into the third row. Um, you had to back off. He's an old lineman. Uh, we'll, we'll put that on me. Um, he now knows that you can't do that. Um, so... Yeah, there are some penalties that hurt more than others and that you would want to have a conversation with somebody. Um, but I think our team has been well-disciplined overall. Um, you guys have tried a lot of different combinations at cornerback. Just, what did you like about Sage Ryan in that spot last weekend? And then um, what, what was the situation with Denver Harris? Was it an injury or just just coach's decision? Yeah, no, I mean, I think Denver's continued to – to, to grow, continue to learn what we do, how we do it, um, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. Just um, he's maturing. Um, you know, Sage is a reliable guy. You know, he's a veteran guy. He's been here, um, knows our calls, knows our defense. You know, he's really playing the third corner, if you will, when you're a nickel. So, you know, with, with Harold being on the field virtually all the time, then you're taking your third corner and you're saying, all right, if he's not going to be on the field, what's our best matchup situation? And, and he really is the next best player. So we want to get 11, our 11 best on the field, and that's really what it came down to. Brian, you're, you, have this, you were 4-2 at this point last season. Um, any similarities you see now? You know, and then you, then you went in the second half and obviously had a great second half. And, and play, you know, played very well. Any similarities you see now to the development of the team, things that had to be worked out, you know, in the first half of the season that may bear fruit, you know, going forward? Well, it's kind of the opposite, right? We, you know, <laughs> it was brought up that we threw for 80-something yards. So, you know, we were working diligently on the offense and, and making sure that the offense was growing. And we were playing pretty good defense, right? Um, you know, that there was a stretch there. The Auburn game was one on defense, and you know, we were playing really good defense. And I think now the shoe is on the other foot here in terms of, you know, our offense is playing at a high level. We've got to get our defense uh, to be much more um, in sync with what we're doing. And, and I think we took a step in that direction. I'm not saying it's a leap in any fashion, but we took a step in that direction, and we need to continue to do that. So that's really the charge here. And still play complementary um, offense and defense and special teams. You know, we got a big play from 
from Jay Bramlett late in the game on that on that punt. That was a huge play that backs them up, and we get, you know, we get the interception. I mean, there were a lot of things that happened in the game where if we got an interception, our offense came back and scored a touchdown, or vice versa. They were complementing each other well, including special teams. We need more of that moving forward in the back end of this this uh, season. Thank you. Coach Brian Kelly once again addressing the media this week on the Brian Kelly Press Conference presented by Our Lady of the Lake. You could almost sense uh, a little bit of relief or excitement that LSU will finish their last six games of the regular season, five of which will be played inside the friendly confines of Tiger Stadium, including this coming Saturday as LSU will host Auburn and then step out of conference next week to take on Army. As announced earlier today, that one will kick off at 6.30 a week. From this Saturday, we'll take a quick break, come back and wrap it up on the Brian Kelly press conference presented by Our Lady of the Lake. It's time to score big with healthcare decisions this enrollment period. With a Medicare Advantage plan from People's Health, you get more benefits than original Medicare. Like $0 copays for primary care and virtual doctor visits. Part D prescription drug coverage. Vision and dental services. And an allowance for OTC items. Call People's Health to learn more. 1-855-633-4207. Plans are insured through United Healthcare Insurance Company or one of its affiliated companies. A Medicare Advantage organization with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in the plan depends on the plan's contract renewal. Unrivaled content, unprecedented access. LSU Gold, powered by Bayou Traditions, is the only place for exclusive behind-the-scenes content featuring your favorite LSU teams. It's all access to the Tigers, all year long, from pregame warm-ups to post-game celebrations and every moment in between. You can watch LSU Gold anywhere, anytime, and on your favorite device. Go to lsu.gold today to sign up for your free seven-day trial so you can be there for each step of LSU's championship journeys. That's lsu.gold. If SEC football runs deep in your veins, then Sirius XM SEC Radio is what you need to listen to. We're talking conference and team previews, plus hear live games, news, and analysis from experts like Chris Doring, Aaron Murray, and Max Starks. Go in-depth with your favorite team with coaches' shows, championship specials, and more. Get inside SEC football like nowhere else. Feed your fandom on the Sirius XM app. Stay up to date anywhere you go. Just download the app and start streaming. Tiger fans 12 and younger, don't miss your chance to be a part of Mike's Kids Club. Presented by Shell, the exclusive Kids Club of LSU Athletics. Join Mike's Kids Club for only $25. Get the official Mike's Kids Club t-shirt, free admission to select LSU athletic events, and much, much more. To learn about upcoming events and to join, please visit LSUMKC.com. The Mike's Kids Club, presented by Shell. This is the Brian Kelly Press Conference, presented by Our Lady of the Lake. That wraps up another Brian Kelly Press Conference. LSU gets ready to host Auburn coming up on Saturday. Kickoff at 6 o'clock inside legendary Tiger Stadium. Coming up later this week, Coach Kelly will talk to you directly on the Brian Kelly Show. Live from TJ Ribs. Get started at 7 o'clock. Come join us for dinner. If you can't make it, no worries. You can listen across the state on the LSU Sports Radio Network and across the globe on the LSU Sports mobile app presented by BASF. Then on Saturday, we'll get it started with 4 o'clock with LSU Game Day. Our MVPs, Hunt Palmer, Brandon Taylor, Marlon Favride will get the day started for us. And then Doug Moore and Gordy Rush will join me inside 
Tiger Stadium for LSU and Auburn again with kickoff just after 6 o'clock. A reminder, Army and LSU, a week from Saturday, they'll kick it off at 6.30. That's going to wrap things up for us here on this Monday. Thanks to Gordy Rush for his help. Thanks to you for stopping by. Hope you'll join us again next Monday for the Brian Kelly Press Conference. Until then, this is Chris Blair saying so long, everybody, and go Tigers. This has been the Brian Kelly Press Conference, presented by Our Lady of the Lake.